BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, my darlings. Oh, man. The f- this 45 minutes. Well, we ended almost an hour. I try to keep these as short as possible because <clears throat> I know it's hard to listen to like really long podcasts. But I could talk to Vivian forever and I feel like we almost just scratched the surface and we might need to do some sort of part two. But also there's so much information on her Instagram and her website. So on the podcast today, like I mentioned, we have Vivian, your rich BFF. And we talk about how she came to be a rich BFF. And it's a really heartwarming, lovely story filled with a lot of good advice. So I encourage you to please send this podcast to people who you know who are like in college or just getting out of college or in their 20s and trying to figure their shit out because. I think it's very inspiring. And then the end of the episode, we answer a lot of your questions and my questions like, what the fuck should we be investing in? (laughs) And what's the difference between 401k and and HSA? And if you have a kid, what accounts you should set up and all that good stuff. So my God, this girl is so charming and divine and wonderful. And I hope you get a lot of helpful information and a little inspo out of this episode. Um, okay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am such a fan. By the way, it's so funny. I think it was uh, whatever, a couple years ago. It was my manager that told me about you. She was like, well, you know, your rich BFF told me that I should be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, wait, you don't follow her. And I was like, no, she's like, oh, it's how I budget and do all my financing. (laughs) So it's like Instagram account, like incredible. I mean, did you ever think you'd have this much impact? No, this was a hobby. Like, I'll tell you the whole story once we like get into it. But like, truly, this was like the biggest accident. Well, I think that's honestly the best kind of influencers, the accidental kind, <laughs> really, because it's from such a genuine place of need, right? You have found a need that needed to yeah. clearly be felt. Okay. So before we even get into like where you went to school, where did you grow up? And I know you had immigrant parents. You worked your ass off. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, I was the only daughter to a pair of Chinese immigrant parents. So you already know the vibe. Like, <laughs> I think never good enough. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> so I grew up in the suburbs of DC and, you know, my parents are the best. They're super loving, but they were always super frugal. 
And, you know, I, I think you understand that better than a lot of folks knowing that you're like, you're Italian and like, you have these like immigrant parent pressure sometimes that are like, we came here on a boat with like literally my no mom money. came here on a boat and is a, a hoarder. And I, yeah. and it's been something I've been trying to like dissect <laughs> over the last few years. And it's because of this. They didn't, you know, they lost everything coming over yeah. here and then they got her and their job wasn't here. And she just like, so this, it's like, I was like, you are not, you have to abandon this idea that like, like nothing else is coming. My parents definitely had that scarcity mindset. Like I think they, you know, showed up and they think, you know, we're never going to know where like the next paycheck is coming from. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of fear in that community. I think. What did they do? So my mom, uh, worked in like pharmaceutical industry stuff. So at the beginning of my childhood, she was, um, like a lab manager, like in, like she was like chemist. And my dad actually was a doctor over in China. And when he came over you know, they came over on the H1B visa, he couldn't do it here because, you know, obviously medicine is like a truly like a whole language in itself. And it's very, very hard to translate that. So he ended up going back to school and becoming a computer science engineer. And so like total, you know, 180 pivot. Whoa. Uh, But I think that was really scary for them to do in their, you know, thirties because most of us like to, you know, ideate the reinvention of ourselves during college era or maybe even younger, but my parents had to start over kind of late. And I think it's a testament to that. Like it's never too late to change your life or like, it's never Mm -hmm. too late to pick up a new passion. But for, for us, you know, growing up money was tight. It wasn't like, I, I was never like a trust fund kid. I remember all of the other kids at school had these moms who were able to stay at home and I would call mm-hmm. them the PA moms because they would show up with cookies and like oh. snacks and like everybody loved them. And I was like, why can't my mom be like that? Mm, and mom was working. Yeah, mom was working. Mom was busy trying to put food on the table. And I think that was a very big like formative experience for me because growing up since money was like something that we felt like was scarce, mm-hmm. I knew I was like when I grow up, I'm going to be filthy rich. And that was kind of where that, like, you know, that energy came from is like the fact that I didn't grow up with that and I wanted that. So I'm sure your parents always told you that you had to go to college. Mm-hmm. Did it ever, it did for me cross my mind big time. Like, okay, I know this is something that I have to do, but how the hell am I going to pay for this and how am I going to pay it off? Yeah. So I was always a really, really competitive, good student. I was like the valedictorian of my yeah. high school. So like, I'm a big nerd. You give um, that energy for sure. You definitely yeah. got some scholarships. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you're the daughter of Chinese immigrants. So yeah. you already had that drive anyway. But <laughs> you're clearly a badass, hardworking girl. So I'm assuming there was a scholarship involved. Yeah. So fortunately for me, I was applying to some really, really competitive universities and with competitive universities typically come really large endowments. So like these Mm -hmm. colleges have money to be throwing around. And fortunately, I actually ended up getting a merit scholarship directly from the University of Chicago where I went. I applied to some private scholarships as well, you know, a couple thousands here and there. And then the additional that I needed to make up, fortunately, my parents growing up, like, I remember the biggest fight I ever got into with my mom was over a pair of like 
$25, like Abercrombie and Fitch jeans or like something like so stupid. I can't mm-hmm. even remember the exact like pricing, but like we got into like a world war three level fight. And I didn't know until kind of end of high school that my parents no. had been stocking money away for decade, like literally oh. almost two decades because they were like, college is a priority for us. We don't want you to be saddled with this debt. So they had been stowing away money here and there, here and there, here and there into a 529 investing Shit. account. I'm fully crying. That's so cute. Yeah. I mean, that's just magnificent and so sweet. And that, you know, it's funny because you just want to scream at your parents and it doesn't seem like a loving thing. You're like, everyone at school is wearing Abercrombie. I need these jeans to like be a part of this community. And it seems like they're denying you so much. And meanwhile, they'd been saving this up so they could give you the chance to be whatever you needed to be in your life. Literally the literally a golden ticket to whatever the fuck I wanted to be. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? A lot of swearing. It's a swearing friendly podcast. Okay, great. Um, But, you know, I I think it's silly because I, I look back on my high school years and I think about all the, all the girls that I wanted to be who had the yeah. nice clothes, who drove like, you know, their, the mom, like the moms hand me down Mercedes to mm-hmm. school and like me and like my beat up little Honda Accord and like, <laughs> you know, uh, me not having those like material things that I wanted, but then my parents being able to give me a gift of starting my life yeah. at net zero versus like in the hole, it's truly the greatest gift my parents could have given me. Mm, I'm still paying off my college debt. <laughs> it's real. It's real. And like, you are not alone. It is something that is truly, I think, holding back an entire generation of people because, you know, fortunately, I think there are folks like yourself who likely have income that can meaningfully pay off their student loan debt. But a lot of folks end up getting degrees and majors that didn't really pay for themselves. And now they're having a hard time paying back this massive debt that they took on at 18 and they didn't know any better. No, you was just something that you think you're supposed to do and you never think about the long-term effects of those things. Okay. Before we get into the list of questions like that. So you graduated and you moved to New York. Tell me about getting your first job. Yeah. So getting my first job was quite competitive. I junior year, you know, as a lot of young, smart talented people do. They're like, well, how am I going to get a career that I can brag to everybody about? (laughs) Everyone around me at the time was recruiting for these jobs on Wall Street. And I very literally, Pia, I made the decision to become a Wall Street trader because that's what everyone around me was doing. I was like, well, they're doing it. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, but that's most things. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Um, You're at school. These are your peers. Everybody's telling you that's how you're going to make money. The path is there. I mean... And by the way, thank God you did that because it set you up to be this now. <laughs> exactly. So I ended up interviewing, getting the internship for my junior year summer was, you know, Wall Street internships are incredibly competitive. They hire twice as many interns as they have full-time seats. Mm-hmm. So you're acutely aware that like the, the guy sitting next to you is not your friend. They're your competition. Fortunately, I was able to get a full-time offer and, you know, graduated in 2016 moved off to the big city and I was ready to start my very glamorous life. Was your internship in Chicago? No, it was in New York. So how did you, how, where were like, okay, so just for, cause I have, you know, nieces and nephews in college and I, I, my niece is a freshman and I said to her, she's hating it, but she's incredibly intelligent. And I was like, 
you need to start your internship situations immediately. Like, what are you going to do this summer? You can't just come home and sit here. So how did you, where did you live as a college student in New York doing an internship? Yeah. So I ended up rooming with a girlfriend from school. We were at the Marymount University dorms over the summer. They're empty um, and you can rent them out. And NYU does the same thing. At an affordable price. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) A very unaffordable price. But, you know, I, I went to my parents and I was like, hey, listen, like I have this job. I have this thing that you wanted me to do. Like, can you help me out with the rent? I'll pay you back after I get paid at the end. I of the did summer. that with my parents, too. Yeah. So that's how I end up getting a lovely uh, dorm room in my little twin bunk bed with oh my, my with my roommate. Um, it was it was a fun summer, but, you know, it was just a lot of stress. Uh, and. Fortunately, it did set me up. My senior year was an absolute joke. I had this full-time offer in hand. I was like, well, as long as I don't fail my classes, they're going to let me work. Yeah. So senior year was really great. And then. I just think the importance of amplifying, letting everybody know who like, you know, I think so many people are like, how can I get rich? I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to do Instagram. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. I think we're oftentimes forgetting about the kids that are like on a serious path with their education and are taking a traditional route of college, networking, internships into the workforce. Um, and I think I that it's good that we're talking about this because for those of kids who are in college, you have to amplify your college experience with an internship. Yeah, because realistically, these days, college isn't necessarily going to teach you what you need to know on the job. But even having like a few weeks of experience or being able to say like, hey, like I did this, I have a demonstrated interest, you should hire me. It makes you that much more competitive of a candidate than Mm -hmm. the person sitting next to you or in line for the interview than you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Origins, the pioneering nature-infused skincare brand that has elevated gift sets that will surprise and delight everyone on your holiday shopping list this year. If you don't know about Origins, and by the way, I've been obsessed since I was 15 because my first job was next to an origin store and the smell that would come out of that store was so refreshing. And it's where I learned my first little beauty routine. Get Origins gift sets today. They are available at Origins.com. Origins creates transformative skincare with naturally derived ingredients to noticeably improve how skin looks and feels. Origins has a long history of commitment to our planet by reducing waste and caring for our natural resources. All of Origins holiday gift set cartons are plastic-free, recyclable, and sourced from responsibly managed forests. And for every tree harvested, new trees are planted. So to date, the brand has planted over 2 million trees around the world so you can feel good about the gifts you're giving this season from Origins. These gift sets are absolutely perfect. There's a bestsellers gift set. There's a mask this way set, which has five starter masks. There's one called All for Youth, which has essentials to cleanse and pump your skin. There's an all-time essentials gift set. There's really perfect for everybody. Get Origins gift sets today. They are available at origins.com. You have heard me talk about Parallel before because it's a vitamin routine I cannot live without. I couldn't live without it in postpartum. I couldn't live without it when I was pregnant. And I can't live without it now that I am 
in conception mode. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN founded women's vitamin offering targeted vitamin routines for all stages of a woman's hormonal life from pre-kids to postpartum. Each product is formulated by their founding team of world-class doctors, including notable OBGYNs, widely published maternal fetal medicine doctors, award-winning endocrinologists in partnership with functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, and doula. So this is like the first product I've encountered that has Eastern and Western medicine practitioners in agreement. And, you know, like I said, now that Davide and I are trying for baby number two, I have the conception support pack and then I make him take the men's multi. He's never taken a vitamin before, but honestly, I just set them next to his sink in the bathroom and he loves being able to just open a packet and pop them in because fertility is 50, 50. And you know, I do not go a day without taking the PCOS support. I was taking three different PCOS supplements before, and this is what parallel does best. They do the research and they give you exactly what you need. The PCOS support is a goddamn game changer. I promise you the parallel packs are under $50 a month. All parallel packs are under $50 a month. When you subscribe, if you were to source everything separately, you'd be spending upwards of a hundred dollars a month, which is what I was doing before. And exclusively for our Everything is the Best listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code BEST15. So head to Parallel.co. That is P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co. And if you do not love it, you can cancel at any time with a 30-day money-back guarantee. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So you did, so that you had a job ready to go. I had my job ready to go and I thought I was going to be literally living Carrie Bradshaw, Sex in the City. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, um, you were downtown. You were, way- by the way, I don't even refer, because I was like in East Village downtown. I went to Parsons. Like I refer to that as downtown. You were like, you were financial. You were with the bros. No, 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 no. So fun fact, Wall Street used to all be in the financial district, but after 9-11. Oh, oh my God. Where was the it? The concept, the concept of Wall Street has is is more of an idea. All the oh, banks I'm an are idiot. all across Manhattan now. They're not in one centralized place because of issues like terrorism. Oh, they no, don't I want- have no clue. Yeah. Look how far out of the financial world I am <laughs> that I had no idea. I'm so embarrassed. No, our, oh my god, art school me. kid. So where was your office? Uh, Midtown, lovely okay. Midtown East. <laughs> I live. Um, my first apartment was in Hell's Kitchen. I lived with another girl in a 650 square foot studio. Mm-hmm. We were literally in like a dorm room, except we had like full size beds. And like if oh we sat God. up, we would like be looking at each other because we <laughs> like didn't have space to build a wall. It was an atrocious living situation. But again, it was our first year in the city. We were having a lot of fun and work was hard. Like I was there. I would wake up at five. I'd be in the office by 545. 
and I'd probably get to leave around 6.37. And then some nights I'd have client events after work. So I was working like a very long day, 14 hours in the seat and then possibly more after that. So it was just a place to sleep at night. And you were the only girl besides your boss, correct? Correct. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. What advice would she give you? Oh, man. She, I mean, endless. Like, is she still your mentor, correct? Yeah. Yeah. She she and I are still very, very close. I see her probably like once every month or two. And she gave me like some pretty tough advice when I showed up. And she was like, as a woman on this desk, you have to be beyond reproach. Mm. You're going to work twice as hard for half as much. And you need to know that. And like your heart of hearts, you know, you like no one ever says that out loud, but like you need to know that. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, understood. And she was just like, you need to work like more than because some random mediocre nepotism boy is going to come in next year and get a similar job to you. And you're going to have to be better. You're just Mm going to have to be better. Mm -hmm. And that means you're going to have to talk with the research analysts more. You're going to have to get in front of clients more often. You can't say no to client events. You like have to be there. And like, I did everything she said and my career really did flourish there. I felt really, really lucky to work for her. At first, I just wanted to be like her for very, very selfish reasons. She had the coolest wardrobe I had ever. <laughs> I was going to say the clothes. <laughs> yeah, literally, she came into work every single day with a new designer bag, like had all the like, just like fancy YSL Gucci shoes. And like, sometimes like she would be like, oh, like I'm not using this Prada bag anymore. Do you want it? I'd be like, what do you mean? Do you want it? Yes, I want it. Give, give now. Oh my God. Um, she was just always so generous with me and like the best. And like, she bought me lunch every day. Cause like, I definitely couldn't afford it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she taught me a lot of things, like both from like, you know, how to present myself as a woman, a young woman on wall street, how to compete, how to be a strong force, but also how to not take shit. She, you know, it's so funny. She, I, we always joke that she's my mentor, but like when we stand next to each other, it's so funny. Cause like, I'm so much taller than she is no. <laughs> like a relatively petite woman. And she could make the six foot four guy on our desk quiver. Amazing. And she just had so much energy and power that people like really respected her. And I wanted that for myself. I think, um, this piece of the story is what most people now would like to skip over in their life. And there is no deep success story without uncomfortable moments of what I like to call the grit and the grace, because Uh you, there's no dealing with issues or how to navigate through problems unless you know how to do it when it's kind of like do or die with a job. I mean, I think that's like the biggest part of a little bit of, I feel like a workforce issue at this point is I think like, you know, there's, you got to have that hard work aspect to it because now I'm sure as, you know, I know you have a team, but essentially it's like running your own company. Like I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's so much of what you learned during that time that you are applying on a daily basis now. 100%. And I think my team would stand by me in saying this is that the number one thing that Wall Street gave me was this incredible work ethic. Mm-hmm. I will, like, I feel like there's not much that I'm better than anybody else in the world at. Like, I'm not smarter, I'm not better, I'm not faster, whatever, but I am able to delay gratification mm. outwork the person sitting next to me. Ooh, Ten delay times. gratification. That's a tough one for people. Mm-hmm. 
especially now with how we've been reprogrammed yeah. to have instant gratification <laughs> 24 hours a day. So how did you go from Wall Street to being everyone's rich best friend? Yeah. So it starts with a little bit of a problem in our main character story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the head of my desk on Wall Street actually just like due to like an upper management decision ended up getting fired. And this was the guy who like had interviewed me, had hired me, oh, shit. was rooting for me. I was like, I loved this guy. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shoot. What's that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And they brought in a new head of the desk. He fired a bunch of people. A bunch of people left. It really looked very different than the team that I had signed on the dotted line to join. Mm-hmm. And my the head of the desk found out that aside from just knowing how to trade and like you know learning that with my my mentor, I had spent a summer in banking. So I was an Excel whiz comparatively to the rest of like an S&T analyst. And he found that out and he was like, Hey, like, here's a really cool opportunity. Do you want to leave your mentor and, you know, come work for my best friend who's also on the team, but a different guy. And when the head of the desk phrases that question to you in a certain way, I think we all know that there's really no option, but to say yes. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And it was truly the most horrific shift I had ever I went from, you know, a mentor who not only looked out for me professionally, but personally to a guy who just treated me with nothing but disrespect. Mm. And like, he was just so malicious. And I think the last straw was one day I ended up, you know, you're, you're in the fashion space, you know, I was wearing a long cardigan to work. I thought I looked really stylish and he saw me and he looked at me and he said, Ooh, is that a kimono? And then bowed (gasps) at me. Yeah. How old are you? I am now 20. Eight and I was 23 or 24 at the time. Oh, there's yeah. just that jab in the stomach. Yeah. And Asshole. you, you realize that, that person, that person is never going to be in the back room with the head honchos banging mm-hmm. the table trying to get you paid. They're never going to be like, no, that guy's should. calling you like the Asian girl. Yeah. Literally like the girl, like yeah. what a and, fucking dick. Yeah. So I knew I had to go. And yeah. <laughs> obviously, who do I run to? My mentor. Yeah, of course. I, I hit her up on the side and I'm like, yo, I'm literally about to quit this job with nothing lined up because I hate it here so much. Mm-hmm. And she was like, don't do that. And I was like, okay. She's like, grit your, grit your teeth, mm-hmm. sit your butt down, just like shut up and don't talk to him for as long as you can. But like, you know, I'm going to help you. So I started interviewing with some other banks, with some other financial services companies. And then my Mentor actually said, Hey, I have a girlfriend. She used to work at Goldman Sachs. So she knows what you, what you're like, what you do, but she left the industry to go work in media and tech. And she now works at Buzzfeed, Mm -hmm. any interest. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? I'm just trying to leave. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care where I go. Like I I literally was like, I'm ready to go work retail. I don't care. I don't want to, I don't want to be here. Um, but one thing led to another. I met this woman. She was awesome. I ended up working for her. She was my first manager at BuzzFeed. So I literally worked for a, a pair of best friends. Like, Amazing. My mentor. And then I worked with her best friend. And People again, don't I- realize what BuzzFeed does or, and has done. People think yeah. that BuzzFeed is like a meme site. Yeah. BuzzFeed is like one of the biggest media empires that like yeah. changed tech in the, I mean, like completely transformed the way that people do partnerships. Correct. 
And I fortunately actually ended up on the digital media strategy sales team. Amazing. Selling those partnerships. So I was, you know, putting ads on the internet. I was creating custom content. I was launching whole websites and joint business partnerships. And there was just so many different things for me to do. And I ended up learning a lot. But this is where the Your Rich BFF piece comes in. All of my new colleagues were like, you came from Wall Street? You're going to rebalance my 401k. And I'm like, you guys are so annoying. Like, <laughs> I started getting the same questions over and over and over again to the point where I was like, I'm just going to put this on the internet. So like you can refer to like video 217 for this one question you have. So like, stop bothering me. I make my very first video on TikTok. It's just basically like, yo, I don't got any get rich quick schemes, but if you want to learn how to be good with money, follow me. I, I ended up going viral off of that one video and by the end of the week, I had a hundred thousand followers and I was just like, oh no, I just got full body goosebumps because you're just like, ah, (laughs) the moment. So by the way, at this time, where are you financially? Are you knowing, are like, are you paycheck to paycheck? Are you saving money? Like, what are you doing in yourself financially? Yeah. So when I was at, uh, JP Morgan on wall street, shockingly enough, I was paycheck to paycheck because I had to live in Manhattan. My rent was really high. I was paying for stuff. I was spending really irresponsibly trying Mm -hmm. to keep up with the Joneses. Of course. Fortunately, when I went over to Buzzfeed, I ended up making a lot more money. Mm -hmm. And I think people are always surprised to find that out because they're like, wall street, you're supposed to be making a ton of money. It's like, well, yeah, like back in the eighties. Yeah. Nobody's making that kind of money now. No. And there's a gazillion people who work in these companies, by the way, and like three of them get rich. (laughs) Literally. Very literally. Um, And you have to be at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. So I ended up making a lot more money at BuzzFeed. I had a lot more free time and I was able to actually sit down and be like, hey, maybe I shouldn't order delivery Thai for dinner every single night. Big New York mistake. Big New York mistake. Maybe I cook (laughs) meals. Maybe I, you know, find a more effective cost, like mode of transportation instead of taking Ubers to and from work because I was going in the dark at 5 a.m. I could take the train and like Mm -hmm. be a normal person. And I ended up saving a bunch of money. And I think a big pivotal point was also, this is so New York of me. I started dating my now fiance. And literally a month later, I was like, so should we move Move in in. together? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta split that rent. I was like, we're going to save so much money. (laughs) Um, It's a huge part of living in New York City. People in New York will literally date for 10 seconds and be like, we should move in together Mm -hmm. because rent's expensive. Founded on the idea that taste matters, Sprit Society was created because life is too short for drinks that you don't love. Brand was built and came to be by a passionate community of Spritz lovers. Thousands of people were surveyed on what they wanted from their perfect beverage. This includes flavors, packaging, and more. And then they voted on their four original flavors, which is ended up being uh, grapefruit, blood orange, pineapple, and lemon, as well as their most recent launch, which is peach. That original group is known as the Sprit Society, and that's how the brand got its name. Isn't that adorable? Just a bunch of buddies all coming together to create the perfect cocktail. The result was a canned sparkling cocktail that not only tastes amazing, but you can feel good drinking because they're low-calorie, low-sugar cocktails that are just full of flavor. Spritz Society takes all natural, recognizable ingredients and packs them into convenient sparkling canned cocktails that you can take anywhere. And you know me, I love a goddamn canned cocktail. They are super low calorie and 
low sugar with 6% AVB and they are guaranteed delicious. They come in five iconic flavors to choose from. Grapefruit, blood orange, peach, pineapple, and lemon. So you cannot go wrong. My favorite, favorite, favorite is grapefruit because if I'm going to make a real life spritz, I always add grapefruit to it. So to be able to just grab this guy in a can is perfect. If you don't know what to try first, then get the Spritz Society variety pack. And thanks to our friends at Spritz Society, you can try their iconic sparkling cocktails for 10% off by using code BEST at SpritzSociety.com. That's code BEST for 10% off on SpritzSociety.com. S-P-R-I-T-Z Society.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy, something that I think is important for everybody because life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it is definitely normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, and everything is kind of just a total shit show right now, huh? And I think it's very helpful to be able to talk to a professional about it. I know that it's a really important part of me and Davide's life is to be able to have an outlet. And BetterHelp has therapists that are trained to help you figure out the cause of the challenging emotions and then learn productive coping skills. So when a fight happens in your relationship or you get a scary email or you're trying to get out of bed in the morning, you have the tools, right? I would love to also let you know that, of course, we have a little deal for you with this lovely partner of ours. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's totally affordable. And you can get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash Pia. It's such a great tool. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You just go to betterhelp.com slash Pia and get 10% off your first month. By the way, most of the questions I got, not most of them, but a good chunk of the questions I got uh, from the audience was about your engagement ring. Everybody loves your love. <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, we, uh, but yeah, my, my, my finances were a lot better. I was saving a lot. And just, you know, I think the one takeaway that my mentor taught me was like, you can only save as much as you earn, hmm. but you can always earn more money. And the easiest way to create a surplus is by earning more money. Mm-hmm. Get a job that pays more. Ask for that raise. Switch companies if you have to, because it's easier to make an extra $10,000 literally just by asking for it than like trying to skimp and save and like not get your Starbucks and like make your life like terrible. People never advocate for themselves financially. And I'm very lucky that I had a professor in college tell me that your entry salary into the workforce or your entry salary into a new job is so integral because you're you're not going to go from 110 to 200 in a year. You're only going to get those $10,000 increments, which on your paycheck is really not that much. So to be able to like take a big leap, which is scary because like, you know, a lot of people say work really hard at your job, stay there forever. You can work your way up. But sometimes it's those big changes that can like, I mean, I doubled my salary when I went from reformation to LPA by just being a badass negotiator and remembering what he told me 
that mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, I, I know if I want to be, you know, 30 years old making X amount that I have to demand it. Yeah. Typically, uh, a raise will range anywhere between five to maximum 15%. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like really crushed it. 25% income jumps when you leave a company are par for the course. You can yes. ask for 50, you can ask for a hundred, you can ask for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And to that point, like the back in the day, the reason why people would stay at companies forever is because they had something called pensions and mm-hmm. pensions were essentially like a 401k, except you didn't have to put anything in your company would literally just say, Hey, we'll take care of you in retirement. So like, I think about like my fiance's dad who works at a major manufacturing company and like they have pensions. So like when he retires, he will be taken care of every single month. He has worked there for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Whereas now most companies don't have pensions. So like, there's no incentive for you to stay. Like you should leave and get yeah. paid more because you are the one who has to pay for your own retirement and contribute to that 401k. And like, there's no purpose in you staying somewhere that's not going to value you financially. What's the difference between a 401k and an HSA? Are those so even kind of similar? I don't know anything, by the way. And I just signed up for my 401k to, oh no, last year after being at a company for seven years because I didn't want that. Mu- I wanted that. I needed the extra money every month, mm-hmm. like an idiot. And now I'm going from employee to independent contractor. Like I'm like, is that 401k go away? Probably. I've wasted oh. all those years where I could have put money in there. So yes and no, okay. but I, I got some stuff for you. So <laughs> a 401k 403b is just an employer sponsored retirement plan. Okay. So like a 403b is for like, if you work in the nonprofit t- nonprofit sector, but a 401k is like if you work pretty much anywhere else. And anyone um, who's getting a job should sign up for that immediately, right? I typically recommend it. Yes. Unless okay. you are truly in this scenario where you need the money and I'm not talking like need the money for clothes and to coffee. buy stuff. I'm, you like need it to live. Yes. Like food and rent. So the 401k is really awesome because it's the only example in finance where you can almost have free money. Mm-hmm. Essentially what the 401k is what most employers do is something called employer match. And if you put in a certain amount of money, they will match what you put in. So if you have dollar for dollar match, Pia, you put in $200, that $200 instantaneously risk-free becomes $400. Okay. There's no other reality in which you can do that. If they have quarter match, so you put in $1,000, that $1,000 becomes $1,250. But regardless of wherever you work, it, it is somehow free money for you. Mm-hmm. And HSA, on the other hand, is a health savings account. It is an account that you are allowed to open if you have a high deductible health plan. So your premiums are very, very low, but when you go to the doctor or when you get sick, if something were to happen, like you're probably going to be paying more. The HSA is a pot where you can throw money and oftentimes employers, again, match that, which is great, Got it. but you are putting money in pre-tax you are then spending that money on qualified medical expenses tax free mm-hmm. and the best part of this whole thing is if you you know hopefully fingers crossed are super healthy never get sick never use this money it ends up becoming just an add-on 401k that you can withdraw after paying capital gains taxes when capital you turn 50 and a half okay and what's amazing about all of these and why these accounts are so talked about is because they're tax advantaged. 
Mm-hmm. Don't talk about this. Rich people's number one hobby is avoiding taxes. And I know. if they can do it legally, this is I I had a moment of realization when all this Trump tax stuff came out. Mm-hmm. And everybody was in an uproar. I'm in an uproar. I'm posting things on Instagram. I'm like, this piece of shit. I had one of my very wealthy friends who is self-made, who is the guy that I always call for financial advice because he always has an answer. And he called me after seeing me posting my outrage on Instagram. And he said, Pia, I'm managing the finances of a lot of these, a lot of my friends and people who have tech startups and people whose companies I've even invested in who are in an uproar. And I've had to call all of them and say, you do that because, because I do your taxes. And this is the only way that rich people can remain or stay rich is taking advantage of these tax loopholes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, 100%. I, you know, I think we all like were astounded and horrified by how little he paid in comparison to the average working person, mm-hmm. because that number is really like representative of like how a lot of us feel right now that there's like such yes. a bifurcation between haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. But we also remember that the tax code is specifically written in a way to incentivize you to do certain things. So like Mm -hmm. you are incentivized to have an electric vehicle because why we want to go green. And so you get a tax credit for that. Like they they want you to save for retirement because the United States government does not want to have an entire swath of the population be like, I'm old and poor and can't afford life. Like that's Mm -hmm. bad for general economy. Everybody for retirement, they incentivize you to do that. They want you to be, you know, a homeowner because that's how you build wealth in America. And so you get a mortgage interest right off. There mm-hmm. are things that are in our tax code for a very specific reason, because they want you to take advantage of them. And the problem is our public education system is so poor when it comes to teaching young people about finances that people don't know that that's there for them to take advantage of. So it almost feels like a hidden secret. And it's like, if you know, you know, But if you don't, you never will. Are you feeling stressed lately? I have a little insider's secret for you. What my personal secret is, you can beat stress before it beats you by making your gut health a priority. Your gut actually produces 95% of your happy hormones. So the best way to feel calm, cool, and collected is to give your gut some TLC. I mean, you obviously know this, right? Because when we're nervous about something or about to go on a date or go into a meeting or whatever, you get like the stomach gurgles, right? I know that's not just me. My go-to for clinically proven gut support is the Just Thrive probiotic, which you hear me talk about all the time. And that is because Just Thrive products have more clinical research than anyone else in the industry, which is incredible. So there's just no guesswork. It's just effective, award-winning, happy hormone power. And then I like to take it up a notch by adding Just Thrive's breakthrough new product, Just Calm. In a recent four-week trial, Just Calm's proprietary ingredients reduced perceived stress, improved memory, diminished fatigue, and even encouraged focus and flow. I do not miss a day. I do not miss a day without this. I'm telling you. If you're ready to up your game and feel your best, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo or any of their scientifically proven products. There's something for everyone, even a probiotic for your dog. If you're gluten sensitive, they have gluten away. Just go to justthrivehealth.com and use code PIA at checkout. That is justthrivehealth.com and use code PIA for 15% off. 
Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. So if you're starting out and you are paycheck to paycheck, or maybe you have gotten yourself somewhere between, you know, $5,000 and $1,500 in your savings, what are you supposed to do with that money? Mm -hmm. So I have this method that everybody laughs about, but people are like, Viv, what do I do to be rich? Like get rich and stay rich. And I'm like, you should strip. And everyone is immediately like, (laughs) like, is it that lucrative? I'm like, no, no, no. Strip is an acronym. (laughs) S stands for savings. The first Mm -hmm. and foremost thing you want to do for yourself is get three to six months of living expenses stowed away into a high yield savings account, which is just a savings account, but it gives you a little bit more in an interest. Reason being is if you break your leg, if your car breaks down, if your roof caves in, something bad happens to you and you don't have that money to cover you, you're going to get into more debt. You're going to get into more financial trouble and you're just, it's going to go off the rails. So have that first and foremost. So for people who say, how do I get out of paycheck to paycheck? It's kind of like, would you say anywhere you can save if you need to eat cans of tuna or cans of beans, not buy coffee, take public transportation, ride a bike, whatever. You just need to be able to get to that place where you have three to six months worth of salary in a savings account. I don't want to sound tone deaf because I recognize that when you are in a paycheck to paycheck cycle, it is so hard to get out. Absolutely. But when I say this, I don't mean this forever. I say, find a side hustle, yeah. find a way to cut your budget. Mm-hmm. And it is not going to be comfortable. You yeah. are going to be exhausted. You are going to feel like your life sucks, but it's not forever. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. You only have to do that for enough months so that you have that money set aside. And then I promise you things will get so much better. Okay. So you have the money set aside. It's in a high yield savings account. Now what are we doing? Now, as you're starting to feel more comfortable with your finances, you're going to be able to make more thoughtful career decisions. Mm. And this whole process or this whole time, you're asking for more money. You're asking for a raise. You're either thinking about moving your job to get paid more, blah, 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 blah. You're always trying to level up how much money you're like is coming in. Okay. Up next, T stands for total debt. Mm. You're going to rank your debt from highest to lowest interest rate. So Uh. your, you know, federal student loan debt probably has like a 3% interest rate on it. It's at the bottom. Okay. Your credit card has yeah. a 25% interest rate. We are not doing that. That's at the front. That's at the top. Got to get that paid off. You want to you pay that off as soon as humanly possible. And you want to pay off anything above a 7% interest rate ASAP. Okay. Because that type of debt is scary. It, that just, type of per, it just stays forever. It stays forever and it builds so fast. And okay. it's just so, so hard to combat it once it becomes a massive, massive number. So we're going to try and pay that off as much as we can. Anything that's lower than 7%, you can pay that off while you start taking care of the rest of your life. It's on the back burner. Okay. 
R stands for retirement. So you're going to open up some key tax-advantaged retirement accounts, things like the 401k that you're being offered, the IRA, the Roth IRA. You know, you're going to take care of yourself. If you're like a bartender or a waitress, what are you, or freelance, you know, what are you opening up? Yeah. So there are things called solo 401ks if you work by yourself. Okay. If you have a self-employed IRA, there are lots of different options for folks who are not standard W-2 employees. And heck, you can even, if you are your own boss, you own your own company, you can back into your own pension. So like you can build out a pension for yourself mm. because you can do whatever you want. But there are lots of different tools that you can tap into, whether or not you work for a company or you are your own company. Okay. Well, do we need and a Roth IRA? I have, my mom opened a Roth IRA for me when I was a little kid. So I have one, there's not much in there, but I was like, oh, I have that in a 401k. Those are just both for retirement. Yeah. Okay. I love a Roth IRA for pretty much everyone because you're putting money in after taxes, but as it grows, when you get older, you're done. That money is yours. Cool. You don't have to pay anybody. However, Roth IRAs do have income caps. So if you make oh. over, I believe the number, don't quote me on this. I believe the number is $140,000. If you are single, the number changes slightly every single year. You can't contribute to a Roth IRA. So what I tell, oh, I all, no my, clue about that. <laughs> what I tell all my richy rich friends is to do a backdoor Roth IRA. You throw your money into a standard traditional IRA account. You guys, Pia literally got a marker and is now taking <laughs> um, I have a financial advisor and I'm too scared to even get on the phone with them because this goes over my head. But I'm just, this is like my note to be like, hey guys, I'm <laughs> just checking on my backdoor IRA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you put money into an IRA account and then as soon as the money hits, you roll it over into a Roth IRA. Got it. You pay the taxes for the time in between, which is like a couple cents. It's not a lot. And then you invest your money into a Roth IRA. So you're good to go. Okay. This is just a little hack if you make over $140,000 a year to get yourself into a Roth IRA because it is truly one of those amazing tax advantage tools. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the I in Strip, you want to invest. Yeah. In okay, what are we investing in? Yeah. The money in those retirement accounts, you need to allocate them. They can't just sit there in cash. Uh, that's, that's a step a lot of folks miss. Um, I had no clue about that. When you invest, it really is dependent on you. However, I typically invest in ETFs and mutual funds, largely index funds that track, you know, the S and P 500. And I'll also buy some target date retirement funds, which are literally just fancy little buckets of assets and investments that are tailored to your retirement age. So to find the target date retirement fund that works for you, what you do is actually you calculate what year you turn 60. Mm. And then um, all the target date retirement funds are like target date retirement fund, 2020, 2025, 2030, 2035, and they go by five-year increments. You're just gonna find the year that's closest to the year you turn 60. And that should be a rough estimate of a good basket of investments for you. Uh, Oh, it's amazing. What you didn't hear me say is invest in single stocks. A lot of people are like, well, I'm investing in Tesla. I'm investing in Apple. I'm investing. Okay, great. Sick. I literally used to work on Wall Street as a trader. And I'm telling you, you're not going to make money doing that. Okay. Most people are not because most people do not have the time to follow and research and do the adequate amount of due diligence on these companies to do this in an educated way. They're just gambling. 
It's I think that that's what people don't understand is this is such a fucking gamble and you are chasing this idea that you've heard or this story that you've heard from a couple people who put like a dollar into this or got a little bit of stock from working somewhere for a second and then made millions of dollars. It's not going to be you. It's just yeah. not. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. I don't need to put this energy onto everybody listening, but it's not you. Mm. <laughs> You're not. That You're mm. not that girl. Like it's not you. Yeah. That happens, you know, truly once in a blue, blue, blue moon. And like, you can't bank on that. Mm-hmm. If you w- want a almost nearly guaranteed way to become a millionaire is to start investing early and often. Okay. Buy basic index funds that track the S&P 500 that, you know, are target day retirement funds. Are there whatever. like apps for this? Like how is someone actually doing that? Because like- yeah. You're speaking like a language that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. There are lots of apps that can help you with this. So if you want to self-direct and do it yourself, you can go with a Fidelity, a Vanguard, a Schwab, something like that. Mm-hmm. If you are so nervous, you're like, I'm going to You need to start up. one of these apps. Is this what you're working on? I hope you're working on one. <laughs> <laughs> because like putting these ideas in my head. If you don't know what you're doing and you're like really scared, just get a robo-advisor. Just mm-hmm. get a robo advisor. They charge a small fee, a quarter of a fee that a financial advisor would cost. Amazing. But you can literally take a quiz about being like, okay, I am this year's old. I have this much money. This is how much I make every single year. These are things that I want to account for in the next five years, in the next mm-hmm. 10 years, like weddings, cars, homes, big stuff. And this is what I want my eventual like goals to be. And they will then pick investments that make sense for you. Amazing. Okay. I still think you should have an app that people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What are we at? So we're on I what's next P P P is the most important part plan. Hmm. You, I I think everybody talks about financial freedom and like, that looks so different for so many different people. Mm -hmm. And like, I know people who retired quote unquote retired at like 20 something with a million dollars. They live in an airstream. They backpack across the U S they never work. They are just happier than clams. Happy as a clam, I guess is the saying. Mm. But if I had to live out of an airstream, I like, that would be my nightmare. Actual, actual, like that's not for me. (laughs) I want to have this life where I have a vacation home. I want to be able to put my kids through college. I don't Mm -hmm. want them to pay for that. Like Am I going to force them to apply to every scholarship under the sun? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I want to be able to help them in the same way that my parents helped me. Do I want to be able to donate my money in a very, very meaningful philanthropic way as I get older? Yes. These are all things that I need to take into account as to how much money I need to have. So planning is really important because not only does it help you plan for the short term, like, you know, see things in the short term, such as like me paying for my upcoming wedding me potentially, you know, uh, getting a second home. Like it helps with long-term stuff too. What is your final goal? Do you want to be 60 retired down in Naples, Florida, you know, having a pina colada on the beach every day? Is that your ideal, like ideal living Mm -hmm. or is your ideal living moving to Tuscany, starting your own little, you know, pasta making class and like, (laughs) it's like wonderful little life. And like everybody's life looks very different. Totally. And you got to know what, it's good for you. I should also, if I, I always say too, like, I don't think people have those conversations with their partners 
And that's so important to see like Davide and I, when we met really talked significantly about what our future looks like. And I remember him saying like, Oh, once I have $5 million in the bank, like I'm never working again. And I remember looking at him and being like, that's not a thing. Like, (laughs) like, what are you talking about? And how are you going to, with the way that you like to spend money because he grew up with nothing. So every time he has money, he's like, I'm just going to spend it and leave $1 in my bank account because like money is for spending. I didn't have a growing, you know, and I'm just like, okay. So I remember us. That's why I was like, we need a financial advisor once we can afford it. And we need to make sure that if the internet gets deleted tomorrow, at which case none of us will have a job (laughs) that like we can feed our children, (laughs) you know, like I think, especially now, like, I, I, I don't know if you saw this like article or whatever. It was like the number, like they asked kindergartners or like young high school kids or like whoever, what's your dream job? And they were all like, we want to be YouTubers. Oh my God. And especially now when I think about my career trajectory now, I am so fortunate that your rich BFF is, has blown up. It's taking off. It's doing amazing. But I know that my career trajectory now is that of an NFL player. Totally. Same. I get, I get five, maybe 10 good years. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. This is not like, you know, a, a, you're not like a high level attorney who gets 40 years, you get five to 10 and every dollar you make has to come in those five to 10 years. And then you got to be able to live off of that money. Cause what, well, like, especially for like even girls like me who have clothing brands and everyone's like, I want a clothing brand truly like, I, I'm not going to be able to sell LPA. Like I'm not going to be able to like hawk dresses on the internet when I'm 45 and I just turned 36. So that's not long. On top of that, people don't buy brands anymore. Like they used to 10 years ago for like $20 million or a hundred million dollars or X amount of dollars. It doesn't happen anymore. So that's why everyone's like, why do you have so many brands? And I'm like, cause I'm throwing shit against the wall to have a long-term like hopefully Baranchini Important Co. will be a restaurant that we're planning on opening with investors with a 20 year yep. plan, because yep. how am I going to pay for Carmela to go to school? How am I going to retire? Like I'm making sure that there are long term businesses. And I think that's what people don't understand about influencers is like they all know. Influencers who are very smart, like you know that this is a short-term thing. And so you have to figure out other businesses that are long-term to make sure that you aren't screwing yourself over. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Like, I think we definitely reap the benefit of being like conventionally good looking young women. And Mm -hmm. I always like to remind myself, it's like, that can't be it because there will always Tomorrow, there will always be someone hotter, younger, smarter, cooler, better. Like there's just always going to be someone else. Mm -hmm. So like you need to make yourself in, you know, irreplaceable. Completely. So making a plan is really important. And I think that applies to even if you are a hostess at a restaurant, if you are whatever job you're like when my favorite job was being a hostess and like I ran that room. That's how I got money to pay for the furniture when I moved to New York was my hostessing job. I got so many tips in my hand by knowing which table Mr. Blah, blah, blah wanted to sit in and making sure that I was making those connections no matter what job I had, because you never know when those people are going to pop up in another place in your life. 100%.
It's a huge part of it. I don't want to drag this on because we're almost at an hour. I feel like you are a angel who knew what questions everybody was going to ask. But my last question is, and it's, I, I got a lot of these and it's important to me. So a lot of us have kids now. Mm-hmm. You will have a kid, I'm sure, in the next four or five years, depending upon your wedding date. <laughs> <laughs> so college means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. My husband didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. He he sees a lot of my friends that I grew up with who were very wealthy, whose parents paid for their school. And it was like a fun thing to get them to move to a different place in the country but it was a way for them to kind of discover themselves. But it wasn't this like different than me where it wasn't like this neat, this means to an end, right? It wasn't this big investment to hopefully, you know, that pays off in another aspect of life because they had disposable income. I'm not sure that I'm dead set on my daughter needing to go to college. So Mm -hmm. the funds, and you did a video about it the other day, there's funds that you can set up for your children that are for college. But what if, and let's talk about those, but what if you don't use those for college? You can use them on like other classes for yourself, right? Like a friend of mine was like, yeah, but that to me seems like a crazy waste. Like I don't want to take a cooking class with Davide later, right? So what is a good fund to set up to make sure that my daughter's taken care of? But our dream plan is like, okay, say she isn't academically forward. Say that she's super creative and has a very good, or say she doesn't want to go to college, but she starts, she wants to invest in real estate. How do I give her a chunk of money that she can kind of use to start her life that doesn't necessarily need to go to college, but that I can stow away and avoid taxes on. Yep. So backing up really quick, the account that I had mentioned that was great for kids who want to potentially go to higher education was a 529 account. Yes. 529. You can open one of these up before your kid's even born because they don't have a social security number yet. You tie it to yourself, your own Mm. social security number. You chuck money in, you're saving, um, not federal, but typically a lot of states offer tax benefits. So depending on your state, you'll get a certain tax benefit. You can put money in, avoid taxes legally. It's great. When your kid's alive, born, adopted, whatever, has a social security number attached to them, you can then transfer that account to them. Not only can this help pay for private school coming growing up, mm-hmm. up to $10,000 a year, but also it doesn't have to be college. These days, it's really hard to find a job without some sort of like secondary education or training, Mm -hmm. this can cover cosmetology school. This can cover a trade school. This can cover, you know, beauty school, art school, culinary school, all of this stuff. It covers a lot of these non-traditional education pieces. So I still think a 529 is not a bad idea. But to your point, if your kid, you know, because you are, uh, their mom, they grow up and they're like, you know what? I'm going to be a YouTube gazillionaire. And they do that. They don't need any sort of training or education. I would recommend opening up a custodial Roth IRA, uh, potentially a UTMA account. These two accounts in particular, the custodial Roth IRA, because you own your own business, what you can do is put your kid on the payroll, maybe have them be in some of the marketing materials on a photo shoot, whatever, like have them do something for the business, give them a paycheck and you can put money into that account. And it is helpful 
in helping them grow that money tax advantaged. As they get older, that can help them with things that they may need, such as education. If they end up do going to school, if they want to take some money out for a car or a home or things like that. And then the UTMA actually stands for Uniform Transfers to, Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. They could literally not make that a more horrible <laughs> act, but it's essentially a way for you to put things like assets, investments, art, real estate, a car into those accounts and give them to your child. And again, uh, avoiding some of those tricky little tax situations. That's genius. And how much do you, in regards to any one of these options, how much are, are you supposed to put in those a month? Supposed to is I know a loaded question because <laughs> it's dependent on you, on your kid. Like, is, does your kid want to go to a in-state university? Does your kid want to go to Harvard? Like, those are two very different price tags. But I would say, if you are earlier in your life, put in as much as you feel like you will never need to see again, mm. because. What the benefit is, is that if you contribute more earlier on, that money has more time to compound. So actually, if you're putting money in in your 30s and your 40s and 50s, you probably don't have to put that much in and that money will just keep growing. Putting in more money early is better than putting in less money early and then having to put more in later on. Got it. Ooh, that's good to know. I can't thank you enough for this. I feel like I could talk to you for the next 10 days. <laughs> do you have a wedding date oh pia don't get me started it's gonna be summer of 2024 late okay. spring early summer of 2024 we're hoping to do it in italy but it's much cheaper it it's not it's not <gasps> where well it depends on where you're thinking I know. I know you're gonna say that and everybody's gonna roast me when they find out where i want to get married, get married we got in sicily sicily is cheap we got engaged in Lake Como and now we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if we got married in Lake Como? It's like, yeah, there's a reason why like George Clooney and like, <laughs> like it's astronomically expensive. So we're just, you know, reconsidering some of our options. But if you have any good Italian wedding planning tips, I could really use them. I think there are all options. I think I think where Italy really gets you is they put they know that so many Americans want to get married there. And if you're working with certain places, they're going to give you this package that's like, oh, and then you're going to want the firework wheel and then you're going to want this and then you're going to want that. And all of a sudden you have this like princess wedding that's a gazillion dollars when truly being in Italy in itself is so beautiful and so special that you don't need all these like epic extra things. And food is super inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Having people cater and having people set things up, like the labor is really inexpensive. So I think finding like smaller, more specialty places, you can save a lot of money, but you're going to be managing these people a lot more than you would with like a hotel in America because Italians are very like, don't worry, it'll be there when you get it'll, here. It'll be done. And you're like, uh, are you sure? Yeah. And so that's right. My suggestion is always like, if you want to pay to not worry about anything, then, you know, that makes you feel better. Yeah. But I also think that just know that you're going to have to manage the process a little bit more than you would otherwise. Do you think it's helpful to get like an on the ground, like boots on the ground, like Italian planner yes. who can help? Yes. Okay. Because the language barrier is a real thing and what they consider to be 
like a type A American is just the opposite of what is like essentially Italian, which is very, it'll work out. (laughs) Thank you so much for this. It's been an honor to meet you. I think what you are doing is so special. I'm so happy for you that you have found a job that is helping so many people and what an honor and a magnificent way to be able to live your life. The whole thing is just so cool. Yeah. Thank you (laughs) for having me today. It was so fun. I love chatting with you. I feel like we're like old friends. Well, you, I, you're my best friend. You don't know me. (laughs) We are best friends, guys. It's a funny thing about the internet. You're like, I know you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Of course. It was such a pleasure. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Baranchini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.